Hey everybody, this episode is sponsored by The Spot Fashion Boutique. Are you tired of buying clothes that look good but don't last? Are the brands that you want to wear way too expensive? The Spot has got you covered. They carry the best brands for the best prices. Doors open every day at 9am and they're located at the Uptown Liquor Store in Viewfort. For all this Creole Heritage Month, prices are 10% off. Hop over to the Spot Fashion Boutique and when you get there, tell them we sent you. <laughs> for more information, call 454-3035. Hello and welcome everybody. My name is Keddy Emmanuel and she is Kino. All right. And we're in here today with Kendall Elvis. Some of you may know him from a previous episode and we're glad to have Kendall back in here with us. Kendall, can you tell the people hello? Yes. Uh, thank you very much for having me on a second occasion. Uh, Keddy and Kino. I think this is a very important program as explores. Um, themes which are very pertinent to us as a society. Uh, so let me just uh, place and good evening to our viewers, and I hope that we could have a very productive discourse on matters of culture, given that we are now observing Creole Heritage Month, which is yeah. one of the best months of the year, apart from February, which is my birth month. <laughs> Absolutely. And folks, let me, let me just tell you something, because some of our viewers are not St. Lucian. Some of our viewers are not from the French Caribbean. And I just want to tell you guys a little bit about how we even got this whole Creole thing and we, we became a bilingual, bilingual, bilingual place, right? Um, St. Lucia, uh, we have this, this whole little song, this poem thing that we're taught in school that we were seven times British and seven times French. And what happened is, as we were a French territory, uh, a lot of our ancestors, a lot of the people who came before us took that French language and bent it a little bit. And they bent it with some African uh, dialect. They bent it with some Indian influences. They bent it with some English inf influences. And what was born was this whole new language, this whole new language that we now call Creole. And uh, it has a very special place in our lives, and it is a big part of what it means to be St. Lucian. So that's, that's what we're going to be talking about today, and I'm very excited about that. Um, yeah, so Kina, do you have anything to say about Creole before we hop into anything else? I'm simply born Creole for the upcoming <laughs> and you guys can see our our dress up. I have my quail, my quail hat, you know. And kid is decked up too. And yeah, man, it's a big deal. Uh, it's a big deal. Um, so it's a fabulous month. Yeah, it's a fabulous month. Uh, now here's the thing. Let's hop right into it. Why is our Creole language? Like, I feel like our Creole language, language is a little endangered. Because growing up, I knew a lot of older folks who would speak it, like, fluently. You know, and they, they knew all the words, every single Creole word. As a younger person, I do not know all, every single Creole word. I don't think I can finish more than three Creole sentences back to back without substituting in an English word. Uh, why do you guys think that is? What, do you guys feel like uh, it's not being passed on properly? Well, my view on the Creole language in St. Lucia is that if we examine in time past, we would notice that the attitude toward the speaking of Creole was very negative. It was associated with being unintelligent, with being from the lower socio-economic class. And a lot of efforts were directed at trying to prevent our children from using the Creole language. And what you find is that the families would be extremely happy when they realize that the children are quite proficient in terms of the use of English. And um, to them, they would see if the child is able to explain his or herself in Creole that something is, is wrong with this child. Now, part of the reason for that has to do with 
Um, you have to understand our, our colonial roots and things which were from the colonizers in terms of the English language or the French language, such things were given a greater level of significance. And things that belong to persons of African descent, it was seen as being inferior relative to um, European culture. And so efforts were made at silencing um, things that were indigenous to the people um, who were brought to the Caribbean, whether it is through um, uh, the Indians were brought as indentured servants, and then the, the Africans were, were brought under a system of, of chattel slavery. So I think a lot of it has to do with that. The other thing which I believe which has contributed to the Creole language being endangered is our education system. The education system legitimizes our values, our beliefs, and what we should aspire to be. It, leg it legitimizes the various aspects of our culture that we should celebrate and those we should silence. And one of the things which I believe um, affects me is that I would have thought that Persons, uh, teachers who are part of the education system should have recognized that there is no such thing as one language being superior over the other. You can engage in critical and analytical thinking, whether it is in Creole, French, Spanish, or English. There is no such thing that says you, you cannot be poetic if you are speaking the Creole language, or, or you cannot exhibit critical thinking if you're expressing your thoughts in Creole. And so I believe that our teachers, our education system did play a role in terms of, of silencing um, the, the, the Creole language. Even today, I recognize that there are efforts in terms of getting people to understand that we need to embrace and preserve the Creole language. Um, we have a Creole dictionary, we have even the Bible, which is written in Creole, and we have wait a, other wait a minute. There's a we have a Creole translated in Creole, Bible and this is a we have a Creole yes, yes, translated uh, Bible. I didn't know that. Days, whilst attending the Wednesday Evangelical Church, I oh, wow. could remember uh, there's now pastor, Pastor Prince Ambrose. He would come to church with the New Testament, and the text was in Creole. The entire wow. text. Okay. I, I have not seen an old testament. I think it's just the New, testament, the New testament, though, that was translated. Yeah. Okay, so just the New Testament. Just the New testament. Yeah, from yeah, what yeah. I know. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so that is something which is good, um, given that you have a dictionary. And also, you have a lot of classes now being offered. I know um, people like um, Jason Joseph, um, that's Bachelor. Mm -hmm. um, he offers. Um, Creole classes, and a number of other people do that in terms where they could teach you how to, to spell, how to pronounce, how to read, how to write using the Creole language. So these efforts to me are indeed very positive and commendable. And I know that there are a lot of individuals, young persons who are here advocating for the inclusion of the learning of Creole in the school curriculum. Now, I, I generally do not know why this is something which is so difficult to do, especially the people who control the education system. They are persons who are supposed to be um, understanding that there's no language better than the other. And, and for me, the other thing I believe it does for us, if we are to include the Creole language in the education system, it says to us that um, we, we're supposed to feel proud to be St. Lucian because this belongs to us. It came from us. We created it. And to right. celebrate things that are unique to you says that you are indeed an independent individual. Right, the moment right. that all your efforts are directed at celebrating what is foreign, uh, that suggests that um, you are undermining what it means to be a St. Lucian and you lack what I will call national pride and love for country. Right. So I'm just going to roll back a little bit because you, you, you spoke about the fact that the Creole is like suppressed in, from, in the lives of younger people. And I remember when I was a little boy, <laughs> it was rude <laughs> to speak to an adult in Creole. Like you, 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 you wouldn't yeah. just talk to an adult and say, yeah. hey, hey, Madame Le, 
Usabombo, you know, like they'll say, oh, Uko Wanom, you know? <laughs> well, that would well, be... that's, that's an aspect of the Creole where some people will say the use of certain words, it's a bit harsh. And some individuals who are older may believe that, because with the language, um, how people interpret it depends on um, the context, it depends on the culture, it depends on the type of interaction which is taking place at the time. And, uh, and the language by nature is harsh, though. Wait a minute. Let, let's yeah, let's break that down a little bit. What, what do we mean by harsh? Like, what exactly are we referring no, to? In the sense that it's. <laughs> Yeah, I was saying that when they say it is harsh, it sort of challenges their, their authority, their influence, and as if they may find that you are um, going beyond a particular boundary. So you are breaking a particular societal norm as it relates to etiquette, as it relates mm -hmm. to... Um, the, the level of respect that the persons who are older would expect from someone from a younger generation during a particular kind of discussion. I, I, I think that is how they, they, they say it is harsh. And I, I guess there's a degree of emphasis, especially in terms of when you use any words, that there are people who tell you, okay, if you want to make a joke, that particular joke comes out better if you express it in Creole. So I guess certain words bring across a greater degree of, of emotion, a greater degree of passion and conviction when, when you express your forces in these words, in Creole. So I believe that this is what they are referring to. <laughs> right. And, and I definitely want to uh, agree there. And Kina, I know you're about to say something, but I want to agree there that there are some things that are not translatable between languages in my experience. Right, like right. there's some ways that you might express a certain word or a, a, a certain inflection that you might use that is just not really translatable. You can't tell somebody, yeah, oh, this is what it means. You know? Um, but sorry, what were you about to say there, Kenna? Yeah, I, I think adding to your point is that using the English language, you could sound very flowery, you, you could do, use a lot of padding, you could yeah. be very worthy. But in terms of the Creole, um, in some instances, there are not sufficient persons who have the ability to really go on and express their thoughts extensively. So they, they are more precise and they, they get to the point before they want to say. And I think that is what leads to some people saying that it is a bit harsh. But I guess if you speak to guys like Sunflood, these guys would be able to do all of the padding. But for persons from the younger generation, we, we, will, we will just get to the point and uh, we'll try to express what we think. Absolutely. Um, Kenna, you look like you're about to say something there. And, and I think it, it was related to the previous question. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, I was, um, when Kenna was speaking, I was concurring with a lot of things that you were saying. But also, it has to do with, initially you said, Kenny, that we are bilingual. Mm -hmm. We're not recognized as a society that is bilingual. The language is not an established language. It's not accepted as an established language by our people. So it begins there. We learn the French, we learn the Spanish, as Kendall said, and it's considered, okay, you're bilingual. But you can be fluent in, in Creole, and you don't see people right now, I am bilingual. Right. It's not a language that is so much, it's not heavily embraced in that sense. And again, it, like Kendall was saying, it has to do with the socioeconomic status attached to the language. It's considered language for the illiterate, basically. And even growing up, um, similar to what you went through, I was not, your grandparents did not want you to speak the language. All right. All right. I, they, would, they would make remarks that I'm sending you to school to learn English and you're sitting there speaking Patu. Right. Understand? So it, also, it comes from that context where not even our grandparents wanted us to learn the language so obviously the language is fighting to exist within our society because Absolutely. if our own people are not readily embracing it and accepting it and teaching it it's not going to survive right but it, i may be wrong but i think i see some change though 
in in recent years um you know especially with even some of the advances that kendall shared earlier where he spoke about there's people teaching creole classes teaching yes, writing classes Right. Thanks. Thanks to the Hook Research Center, yeah, there are there are classes available, which is which is progress. Um, and I, I usually quip with my friends. I think people want to learn the language now because most of us from where, where I'm from in Chazelle and places like where Kendall is from, we have this sort of um, we we know the language basically, and we get to enjoy the jokes, we get to speak freely, and you have certain people wondering what you're saying there. You know, they want to be in on the joke as well. So I think it's also not wanting to be left out on on the jokes and all of that. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad that more people are wanting to learn it. Another thing which I believe, which is adding to the survival of the Creole language, is the popularity of the generous segments. A number of the premier generous segment artists actually deliver the songs within the Creole language it is very catchy. So to now extend the entertainment value of the language beyond even jokes like Tina, um, Kina made reference to, I think that will go a long way in terms of making the language more acceptable because it is now something that um, people can commercialize, you know, in the form of, of songs. Right. And anytime people can associate um, a business aspect to a language, you know, that helps with its survival. So I would just like to commend all the Denry segment artists out there who are expressing themselves using the, the Creole language. And that is something that they are doing to help advance the survival of this very important language. So big up to Kuya, um, Seventh and Mighty, Umpa, Dates and Boys, and the likes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Listen, man. And making it international. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Denry segment is huge. Like, they, they really promoted the, the language. Oh, yeah. Like, I was, for the last few years of my life, I, I wasn't living in St. Lucia. And some of my friends overseas, they, would, they sent me a video one day, and they're like, Kelly, is this from St. Lucia? And it was a Denry segment, <laughs> a Denry segment thing. And I was like, Yo, these guys are massive, you know? Um, so, yeah, definitely shout out to the whole Denry segment, especially for the creativity of developing yeah. a new genre. That is a big deal. They have created a whole yeah. new genre of music. And uh, that's not just something that St. Lucia can be proud about, but the entire Caribbean, because not only do we have soca music that we invented, we have reggae music that we invented, and now we have Denry segment, you know? And so, yeah, it, it's definitely something to be proud of, uh, not only for St. Lucia, but especially for St. Lucia, but also the entire region as well. Yeah, so big up Denry segment. <laughs> definitely. Our culture is being revamped. <laughs> yes, right. yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so I, I want to pull back a little bit to come back into the conversation about the socioeconomic um, position of Creole. Um, as much as we mentioned that um, now there are Creole classes and it's being it's more recognized, how long do you think it's going to take until somebody can go into a job interview and just speak straight Creole the entire job interview and get the job with no problems? <laughs> uh, I think it depends on the job. If you're applying for some flex job, or you are applying to be <laughs> someone who does interviews in Creole as a reporter, right. then certainly you would have to express yourself using the, the Creole language. And that is how the person becomes convinced that you are able to articulate yourself intelligently using that language. But the thing about it is that when you look at the official language of business, it is English. And that is even at the highest level of the United Nations. And generally, when people engage in, you know, um, business, um, they speak English. Um, a, lot, a lot of stuff happens um, using the English language. Um, but that will certainly be a massive, a massive um, milestone. The day you could go to an interview and express yourself only in Creole, and it is not to become a radio announcer or, or a news reporter to address um, Creole issues or to speak in Creole. But one thing I, I need to say is that um, I attended some jazz festival that was in Denry. And it, it was very 
uh, special for me for me to have witnessed young people. The members of the band Carry Me. There was also a band called Look Machine. And you know, I, I am aware that you know we have um, about this. Um, you have um, the solo band Out of Moshi, that's the, the secret band. No, so so normally when people entertain, they entertain um, in Saint Lucia. I mean, with the dance when it has changed, and, and that's a good thing, right? But then when you really look at most of the people who entertain in Creole, they do it in um, um, the form of folk songs. And then for me to have seen young guys, the guys have tattoos. You know, the guys look popular. And then they are doing their entire performance using Creole songs. And then it dawned on me what... Now, I believe that these guys are from well, Haiti and uh, Martinico Guadeloupe, right? So I guess they're, they're, um, there's a heavy French influence. And so there is a great tendency to preserve the, the actual Creole um, 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 speaking abilities. But then I'm like, these guys are singing in Creole and they look young, they look modern. And... Nobody will look at them and say, you know, these guys are illiterate or they're not educated. And so I, I believe the point to, at which we, we would have interviews conducted in Creole is when we realize and we break ourselves from the idea that we, sh we should no longer be associating Creole with ignorance or illiteracy. Um, to me, that is when we are going to have that. But I think at this point in time, we are still far off in terms of doing that. Now, there are some persons, I know people like um, Mr. Elibic, um was manager for the Library Credit Union. Uh, you go to him, and people like him are able to express the views in Creole, and they'll get you in Creole, and it's, and it's a business meeting. So there are persons who you could engage um, in conversation with, and they could use the Creole fluently. Um, but I don't know, I still think we're a bit far off in terms of experiencing a, a full interview in Creole. And the other thing too, I think the education, the formal introduction of the Creole language in, the, in our school curriculum, that to me will help achieve that. Because a lot of people, they, they see me, I'm from Bellevue, the cultural capital, lots of cultural icons from Bellevue, um, Chukwa has its roots in Bellevue. And people are of the view that Kendall is one of the most articulate persons in Creole. But I may possess a greater degree of proficiency when it comes maybe um, to you, um, um, Kedi. But I still struggle. And then what I find is that when I speak the Creole, I intellectualize or I go for the concept using the English language and I translate it into Creole in my head. But that should not be. I don't believe people like Jukwa exactly. do that or even guys like Yadi or Jaime. I think these guys think in the Creole yeah. and they articulate in the Creole. Right. And, and, and I think part of the reason for that is our cognitive development within the education system is, is pretty much a, a victim of the English language. And so for us to think, the first thing we do is to use the English words and then we do the translation. So for me, um, for it to be more of a natural thing in terms of expression of thought in Creole, we, we have to teach our children to, to, to spell, pronounce, read and write in the Creole language. And that to me is how we could break that particular barrier. Yeah, that's how, you know. And, and another, I... another thing I want to add to that, Katie, mm -hmm. you see, many times we, we talk about, you know, the Black Lives Matter, matters of um, social injustice. And then one of the things I believe that we should be emphasizing is the whole aspect of decolonization, where we unsilence um, the voices that we used to have in time past. We... Yeah. He, we, we start to valorize things that we create. So to me, you know, when we talk about the Black Lives Matter movement, I understand the issues of, of, of legal justice. You know, if, if a guy is killing the manner as a result of police brutality, this is totally wrong. But at the same time, I, I get the impression that even in our fight for justice, it, it is still asking to be integrated in a yeah. system which has yeah. silenced our culture, our, yeah. our ways of being. So I see the inclusion of things like Creole in the formal curriculum and, and in our regular communication as a key aspect of liberating us as a people and decolonize, decolonizing our, our mindset, decolonizing our interaction. And that is something that we don't really talk about because for us, at the point of independence and you know the, the process associated with that, we sort of 
came to a conclusion that this is it, we are independent. But I do not know the extent to which you could say that when we are not on silencing the, the use of the Creole language and giving it a greater level of importance in our communication. All right. And if I could use an analogy to kind of just, <clears throat> just twist what you just said and make it a little more clear for some listeners, it's kind of like a child saying that he or she is independent from his or her parents, mm. but still following every single rule, still following yeah. every single law, still going home at a specific time yeah. and all these things, yeah. even though he or she is independent, right? And so I, yeah. I think yeah. what you're expressing there, Kendall, is that as an independent nation, in order to completely liberate ourselves, we need to be the most authentic version of ourselves. Exactly. Right? Yes. Yes. Certainly. I do agree. All right. Going back to when Kendall initially spoke about, well, we asked about the job interviews, and I was thinking, <laughs> my last job interview um, doing family and community work, you actually had to be able to speak Patwa. They were yeah. looking for people to speak Patwa. And that's from, let me tell you, that is the United States Agency for International Development through Creative Association International. So I'm looking at this and saying, okay, Washington wants people speak Creole because they want to do some work in St. Um, And I remember doing the training with my colleagues and everything and they would always say, okay, now go up. So I would go up and they never expected it, but we were doing a, just a, a role play of how we would interact with all our clients. And I just started in the pathway. <laughs> Sadly for my colleague, she did not understand the pathway. So she... The others were like, um, that's what it was. So it was really awkward for her at that time when in all the rope, everybody came to the English and I just started speaking password. And I, and I did that to show them we applied for a job. We knew what it was. But at the same time, we exist in a society where most of the elderly speak the password. Yeah. If we want to interact with clients, we need to be able to have them relate to us, have them understand us, and we need to get to their language. That is the best way of, in our um, field of work, you would say, building rapport with them. Um, and, and that was a good experience, and I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed doing the work where you got to interact using our Creole language. Going beyond that, um, Kendall was right when he said about the stifling of our, our culture, basically, um, and being decolonized. Even back then, they were, stif- they were really stifling um, the culture, right, on the plantation. And this is why I think there was a greater fight back then to keep the, what we call French Creole, basically alive among the slaves, because that was basically their form of interaction so that the, the slave masters would not understand what, you know, their plans for escape and all of these things. So uh, then it was, it was, okay, we need to keep this alive. We're doing this. What is, I think my question is, what is the value of it to us now? Should, should there be a greater value placed on it in terms for us to be able to want to keep it alive? So if, if, I'm, understanding, if I'm understanding your question correctly, it's what, what is the real value of keeping Patwell Creole alive now in, this, in our time? Right. It's not necessarily what is the real value there. It, it has value. I'm just trying to, to understand. Okay, do we need to do we need to reemphasize to the young people the value of that language? Do they really understand how the language came about? Do they really understand what happened, what transpired back then, and and for them to appreciate that language? Right. Everything that happened on, on the plantation with our ancestors and all of that, they really value what, what they had to sacrifice to keep that language alive. I could answer that for you. If, if they were, if they were yeah. speaking that language back then, I, I know for sure they were getting a lot of latches. Yeah. You know, you were not allowed to speak that language on the plantation. Right. So what, I, I can what imagine is, that what that language was still forming at that time too as well. Mm-hmm. So it would have been in its infancy. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it is very important to keep any language alive. I don't think any language should be seen as being inferior. I don't think 
the use of any language unless you are using obscene um, language um, is, is sinful or, or unless you are making a threat that it should be criminalized. I think very importantly um, to me, first and foremost, I think a, a deep sense of, of, of identification with St. Lucia being able to speak this particular language of Creole. And I've always said that when you ask someone, what does it mean to be a St. Lucia? The response to that cannot be things which are practiced or indigenous to other groups of people. It has to be the things, the ways of doing things, your culture, your music, your food, which are unique to you. And I think that when you ask for definition of a inclusion, you have to ask for what differentiates a inclusion from other groups of people. And clearly, the Creole language is one such thing. I think when we talk about identity, there is also an aspect where you want to connect with those who were before you, those who went through the struggle, um, your ancestors. Yeah. And then I think the, the Creole language allows for us to do that. It allows for us to uh, understand the, the oppression that our ancestors would have been exposed to. And in a way, speaking the Creole says that the fight of our ancestors who were enslaved by colonizers was not in vain, that the voices were not silenced. So I think that continuing the use of something that they created to ensure their survival, mm -hmm. that in itself pays homage, and it is a means mm -hmm. of expressing gratitude yes. for the fight and the effort. Another thing for me with regards to why it is important has to do with, I don't think life is about diversity. Life is about immersing yourself in different experiences. And to be able to just speak one language, that to me is a bit uh, monotonous. I think it adds richness to um, your, your communication, that richness to um, the laughter that you experience. Because different language, you, 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 it, it evokes different kinds of emotion. Right. And, and so I think that being able to, to speak the Creole um, allows for me to enjoy life to a greater extent. Um, and another thing too I recognize, I was in England in 2003 and it was myself and Alisa Marriott. We went to some international workshop on education hosted by the Commonwealth. And we had two tour guides who were from Portugal. And you know, we noted that while they were bringing us at various points um, throughout London, that they would communicating their Portuguese language. And we're not, I mean, we don't know Portuguese. We understood nothing that they, they said. And then, you know, you know, we said to ourselves, you know, um, let us communicate certain things among, um, between ourselves um, using the Creole language. And immediately, they stopped using the Portuguese language um, when we were present because they recognized that this was not the, the, the most well-mannered thing to do, I would say. Because, I mean, I mean, if, if the four of us are there, you're communicating, why is it something that I don't understand? Or, you know, I do, well, will not understand what you are saying. To me, out of respect, you communicate in a manner where everybody understands what, what, what has been said. Um, so, um, I, I really felt that um, it was special to have that ability to communicate with a fellow St. Lucian. And they will not understand what we were saying. And so... It is said to them that, hey, we are all human beings. So there's no need to be communicating our language when you're speaking English just like us. You know, so, but for me, overall, I think, um, you know, the Creole language has to be preserved. I mean, because equally one could say, um, why are we um, preserving other languages? You know, every, every language to me is important. And it is up for people to choose what they want to, to, to articulate themselves in. And, you know, I, I certainly think that um, the Creole language should be something that we look to preserve for many years going forward. Right. And going, going back to answer Kina's question, I think I can tell you just flat out that 
uh, most young people and actually even some older folks don't care. Like if, if Creole were to be completely, especially those people who are fluent in English, right? A lot of those people, if Creole were to be completely removed from St. Lucia, I think they would be fine. And they would be like, oh, okay, all right, cool. It's fine. And I think some of that, and not all of it, but I think some of that comes from the fact that because St. Lucia is an English-speaking nation as well, right. in circles where we are surrounded by the rest of the English-speaking Caribbean, there is that feeling of a need to identify more strongly with your English-speaking cousins, right? And uh, in the natural St. Lucian accent, which inadvertently is heavily influenced by our French um, base, uh, we want yeah, to sound a little bit more like, you know, our, our other English-speaking cousins. We want to have the, some of the same inflections, even, do, even though we do, uh, but we want to identify just a little more strongly with the English-speaking Caribbean. And so sometimes uh, St. Lucians feel, feel um, led to kind of shun the French part away just a little bit and just run away from the <laughs> French <laughs> identity just a little bit. And I think that's part of where it comes from. And it's unfortunate and it should be addressed. In you speaking, I did not get that, you know, we really want to relate. I, I just got that sense of, mm, we just feel that English is in, uh, superior to the Patois. So if St. Lucia as a country is speaking the Patois, then the other islands will look at us like, you know, less, of a, less, less than what we are. Um, yeah, that's, that's the feeling I'm getting when you're saying that, and I don't like it at all. I feel like kind of saying no language above the other. I don't. I I really don't think it has to do with being able to identify with other islands. You can have both. You can speak both languages and still be able to relate to the other islands. Um, take Dominica for example. Dominicans are very patriotic. They have a lot of national pride. They love the country. They go all out when it comes to um, that Creole aspect of, of them. Um, when I look at St. Lucia, it's still not as celebrated. It is still not as celebrated as it should be. Um, kind of was speaking, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm guilty. I have traveled and I would switch deliberately, <laughs> switch to the battle. So I don't have people understanding what I'm trying to say to my relative, probably trying to make a joke about something. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm guilty. Others might have been feeling, you know, a bit awkward. Um, so it, let me tell you, at that point, I'm like, oh goodness, for my battle. Because you know, when you're really in a situation, you're in a crowd, right? <laughs> and you want to say something to somebody. And I do it in St. Lucia because a lot of St. Lucians still don't understand the battle. So I really want to say something. Kendall, I'm sure you've done that in the office or, or something like that. And we would just go into the, into the Creole to, to see, to yeah, make up the person doesn't know what you're saying. But I, I try my best <laughs> to practice this so much um, <laughs> out of respect for the person yes. so, at the time. Yes, yes. Yeah. So you're saying that I'm like, okay, I need to be aware of what I'm doing so others don't feel too left out. But for me, when it comes to the Creole language, I, I try to speak it all the time, deliberately. And Kendall, you're aware, I would just switch into the, the patois in yeah, the office or just, you know, just speak it, like just try to speak it because I'm trying to practice constantly so that I don't forget the words that I've learned and I've been taught. Um, so I think it's like a, a good challenge for all solutions to just try to speak the language. It's like when we're doing French classes, the tutor would always say, you need to practice the language for you to learn it. It's the same with battle. You need to practice the language for you to learn it. And the more you surround yourself with um, persons in society who speak the battle, the more you will pick it up and the more we find it struggling so hard to survive in our society. Okay. All right. And I, I, I agree with everything you said, except I think you may have understood what I was, misunderstood what I was saying uh, regarding St. Lucian in terms of relating to the rest of the English-speaking Caribbean. I don't think I, I was... I did not... No, no, you were, you were correct. What I'm saying is you were fine with what you were saying. What, what I'm saying is 
at the same time, I'm getting that feeling that this is what it is. Because when you look at leadership, right, everything begins with leadership. Like Ken was saying concerning our education system, if it's not a formal language in our education system to be taught, then how can we expect for it to survive? So right, my thinking right. is, even at the government, even at administrative level, there is no promotion of our pathway. Right. When I look at even with ministries like tourism, in terms of their marketing and all of that, we don't promote Creole. We don't say come come to send the, the Creole speaking and you know all of that. We don't really market it. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, that's what I was trying to bring that um, other thinking into your conversation. I understand what you're saying. I just think that is it really that we're trying to relate, or are we really being hypocritical and just trying to? Um, indirectly that, real, um, okay, yeah. acknowledge English as, as the superior language. Okay, all right. So same page then. Um, I just want to push in this story because <laughs> I, I, I had a very similar experience because I've done the same thing myself. When I was in the, the U.S., my family and I would always talk and speak in Creole when we don't want to be understood by someone else. Um, and... <laughs> Oftentimes, you have to be careful because that person may or may not be a Haitian person who can understand every single word that you're saying uh, or a Dominican person, right? Uh, yeah. I was in one situation where a good friend of mine, uh, he came to visit his girlfriend and the girlfriend's family uh, may or may not have been too fond of him, right? And the family was speaking a language that he did not understand intentionally <laughs> so he couldn't understand and it was a little awkward because i could understand some stuff and i was like oh well this is a this is a tough situation here <laughs> so um but yeah man uh it, i think it's it's something that we have to try not to do it's not nice to use your bilingual powers for um that sort of situation because people <laughs> feel alienated. You know? They feel alienated. They, they wonder if you're saying anything bad about them, you know? Uh, so, yeah. yeah, we should try not to do that. But people are going to do it anyway. So, <laughs> Okay. Um, Kendall, I'm going to have this in, in my nicest part. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. Brace yourself, guys. Um, <laughs> um, Qui ça ou apprécie plus uh, uh, si l'on Creole là? Well, ça m'a dit que apprécie plus à bord Kilte Creole, c'est Magéa, moi même Magé. Là où boue la Tchécoche, la Tchèque, la Koufa, Boyon, Exa, ça ça va, moi même Gouti, moi même Magé. Moi même la Tchèque, moi même Magé, moi même Gouti, moi même Femi, dès que moi je ne croyole, moi toujours regarder pour Femi. Et puis, moi comme un pièce pour gagner ça là, mais moi quand que ça c'est week-end ça, ça c'est ça c'est dimanche. C'est moi qui le fais en détour. Moi ça a venu une coronavirus là, moi quand il partit et puis masque moi pour moi pas un virus ça, moi quand try tu des sites de distance pour tout le monde mm. parce que moi pas le match mari um nous aussi des fois on cap mari à Belleville um ça c'est qu'on a célébré journée créole et nous ça because of the pandémie corona ou pas ça really euh engager monde quand tu fait quoi avant on est pour le masque parce que ça a causé des santeaux mais nous avons fait un petit bail à Belleville côté mon caïni um poisson yo poisson nas um, kaini, um, pianoti, so, um, Sate Brian Shelley's place, so see, um, one, Lona, um, Lona Centroman. Um, no, no, seba, lama, sadi, mwen, eme, osi, about, uh, kilte, koyola, se, achay, se, gwa, mouna, ki ka, jwe, sabu, ki ka, chate, kont, yo ka, chate, chate, la, wall. An, pil, de, le, yo, pa, ka, kwe, moun ka mette an chay valè an sou kontribusyon yo ka fè pou se kli si le vin pou bay kil si. E pi, le ou on e wè se moun sa, e be lè ou bay se moun sa an lokasyon pou te ki 
yo monte en stage pour chanter accordé mon ka wè sa ka fè an chay bagay bay se moun sa accordé ka bay yo an joyté côté yo ka di nou ka apprécier yo et pour moi 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 ka kwè tout moun se moun ni monte porter respect nou monte souhaiter yo de manière ki dignifier parce que la pani pièce ou bien ou en l'autre c'est bon dieu qui fait nous tous et puis l'aide est pour célébrer by creole ça c'est un mois à côté qui nous ca mener ces monde ça bien haut et puis nous ca célébrer ça là yo et moi ca quoi ça ca fait un chai un chai by ces monde ça l'aide est pour qui mon yo ca um um valer um valer koyo so ça c'est by côté qui me ca dit il ca aussi dio nous apprécions la contribution de faire Parce que c'est ce monde qui établissait la fondation pour ce clé-ci. Même si on a des fois un problème, nous avons des problèmes économiques, des problèmes sociaux, des politiques, des équilibres. Mais nous avons fait un chai pour pouvoir faire un pays. Et puis nous ne pouvons pas oublier que c'est ce monde qui mène nous continuer actuellement. C'est pour ça que je dis, nous avons parlé de la nous avons préservé un patois. À quoi dire ça dit c'est quoi mon vat yo pa goumen en vain vat nou really way contribution yo fa sa bagay ki ka rende developer cyclistic so c'est ce bagay la mwen aime about um pilticoyola accord ça ka fait bay c'est quoi mon because ça pile de les c'est mon nou ka célébrer c'est mon nou ki ni go éducation yo go université et nou ka wè c'est mon nou ki pa am c'est quoi mon yo va ni go éducation pour nous nous avons un monde qui est dernier. Et puis, nous avons un monde qui est dernier. Ça, c'est un qui nous a levé, nous avons un monde bien haut. Bon, moi aussi, je voulais dire, nous ne pas supposer qu'on est célébré par le Kuyol, par le Patwa, du 1 octobre tout seul. Ça, c'est un monde qui est dernier. Tout le mois, tous les jours, tout le temps, nous avons vivre. Parce que plus ou qu'à pratiquer un bagage, ou qu'à normaliser, ou qu'à mutuer bah ça c'est un bagage qui est important. Mais lorsqu'on est sur un bagage, tous les dimanches, dès le mois d'octobre à tous les, mon gars dit ouais, on n'a pas rien pour faire, mais on juste les bagages. So, mon gars quoi, ça c'est bagage qui est important. Et puis oui, qui n'a même pas ça dans ses, même pas ça dans ses codes, mais ça on est dans ses, même pas ça dans ses jours. Mais après dans ses jours, next thing à mon décambouler moi. Dekmanpuizuelupita. เอ่อช่วยเสียกิจการสุดอันเดอร์เชสเซ่เซกวามุนน่ะเว้ยมามาดูมามามาดูมาดูมามาดูมามาดูมามาดูมามาดูมามาดูมามาดูมามาดูม
Donc c'est ça qui a fait ben nous. Donc moi moi quand le bail qu'il c'est ça là. Oui, et Je <laughs> <laughs> oui ah, madame ça, ça, madame qui joue, et madame qui soye, mais, madame mais, 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 So, à tout ça, on dit là, c'est en la rose. Mais il fait un la rose, vous voyez ça, il fait un la rose. 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 Il fait un la la quand on a fini avec Kelly, Saint-Poudia, où dit Debay, moi je voulais changer. Pour dire un célibé qu'il était là. Pas un célibé pour lui jouer, un célibé pour tous les jours à l'année. Right? Moi d'accord avec ça. Ce n'est pas un célibé qu'il était là, mais un célibé c'est mon qui a travaillé pour que tu aies pour que tu vivant. Et ça, un bon bagaille. Pour célébrer ces gens là Parce que si pas tu pour eux, je ne sais pas si tu es pour célébrer. Donc, je d'accord, on célébre ce tous les jours, et puis on célébre ces gens qui travaillent pour que tu absolument et que vous avez plus free, plus confortable pour parler avec vous. plus confortable. Parce que vous avez que vous avez dit que vous avez dit que vous avez dit que vous avez dit que I'm sorry for my English in there. 
Yeah, man. And e- even beyond the, the, some of, and more some of you are uglier, but I, I, want, I want to speak English for this part because I want to see if we have any listeners at this point who are not Lucian, <laughs> and I doubt it, <laughs> but if we have any listeners at this point who are not Lucian, I, I really want them to get this part. Uh, and it's really because mm-hmm. I want to touch a little bit on overall the effect of language itself. And, and, in our case, in our context, we can really use Creole to talk about this. But I, I've found that uh, when you speak to somebody, not only in English, but you speak to that person in a language where you share the same rules, right? You guys agree in the rules that we're speaking are the same. There is a greater level of respect. There's a greater level of connection. Um, there are barriers that don't come up. Whereas if you're speaking to somebody in, a, lang- in the, a, a language where you don't share the same rules and the accent is different, uh, people tend to naturally want to uh, start to add some stereotypes to what you might be like, where you might be from, what, <laughs> what your level right. of intelligence might be. And I think that's very unfortunate. And um, I think it's something that the world can work on because as post-COVID, hopefully, um, we continue to grow as a global uh, economy and a global society. Um, we are going to need to get rid of some of the stereotypes that we associate with accents and the way that people talk. Um, what do you guys think about that sentiment? Agreed. That is in terms of, that is in terms of what you said. Um, speaking in a language that people can converse in, that, that's what you were saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, and also really the yeah, power of accents as well. Power of what? Accents. Power of what? The power of accents. Oh. Yeah. Accent, like oh, the color yeah. of the language and the pronunciation. Yes, the Slang pronunciation and, and yep. enunciation. All of that. Yeah, well, yeah, well I, do, I do agree with you. I, I think that um, language is also something which is stratified and it correlates um, very strongly with our socioeconomic um, classes. It, it certainly says a lot about a person's uh, life chances. Um, where they come from, their, their experiences, by the way you hear someone articulate and pronounce the words, it says a lot of things about them. But at the same time, I believe that every individual is a dignified being. Every individual has worth. And regardless of the differentiation as it relates to accent and pronunciation and these sorts of things, I think we, 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 we should produce efforts where we respect individuals regardless of um, their background, socioeconomically and other social or economic indicators. Um, for me, I think we should try to create a society which is more inclusive and one where we try to remove individuals from um, the zone of non-being to, to one where they are existing. And the way you do that is to meet people where they are at, um, to converse with people in a manner which is culturally sensitive. And cultural diversity is some cultural um, um, competence. is something which is um, really important, especially in, in social work practice, um, youth work practice, particularly in the first world countries that are heavily populated with a, a multiplicity of, of ethnic groups and, and they, they all speak different languages. Um, so for me, um, I try my best not to uh, discriminate against person based on the accent um, because I just believe that everyone is special and, and all human beings are equal and one of the things I, I experienced recently about uh, four weeks ago when I was in Bellevue and, and we were doing some recertification exercise with the welfare department and, and I met uh, an elderly lady I had not seen for a long period of time and then just 
being able to speak with that individual using the Creole language, I, I really felt a, a great sense of satisfaction in that I believe that she herself felt appreciated to see, they'll say, well, okay, usana medication, a long sleeve, ukapal anglais. And you know, sometimes these people feel that they are not on a similar level as you because they don't have the same accent or they do not um, speak a similar language to the level of competence that you do. And, and I just think like being able to meet them at their level, and that level is not a lower level, by the way. I'm, I'm using the word level because this is how we have labeled it, you know? Right, right. Um, I, I really think that it, it sort of brings these people into a conversation and it says to them that they are a human being. You know, um, for us, we think it's like when people enslave you, that's when they dehumanize you. But, but speaking with two people in a manner that they understand and they can relate to, that is also making them more human. So it's, it's all about social inclusion for me, appreciating individuals. Because these elderly people, there's a lot of wisdom that they have to pass on. There's a lot of things that you could learn from them when it comes to relationships, when it comes to, you know that these are just proverbs that exist. These people have actually seen the, these proverbs manifest, you know? And you, you could learn these things from them and you could live a better life. You could live a more fulfilling life. So for me, whenever I meet an elderly person, I try to engage them um, using the Creole language to really understand life from the experiences because you could always learn vicariously and make your life a better one. But at the same time, they too feel a great sense of um, connectedness and, and helps to close the, the generation gap that exists in our society. So for me, I don't believe in discrimination. I don't believe in stereotyping people. I don't believe in prejudice. I don't believe in these things. I believe that um, all human beings are valuable and we should respect each other on a consistent basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kina, do you have any thoughts after that? Just that we should actively try to be cultural all, all the time. Well, I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Kendall> don't hate. <laughs> but yeah, you just said you, you're not going to be prejudiced, you're not going to discriminate. <laughs> Oh, hello, that one is a different thing, you know. <laughs> There's no political situation <laughs> comes to that was in Lamagiri. That one is a different thing. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, our fellow Samoans and other people, let us let us be culturally competent, and let us also make it our duty, especially for our all the people in society, to create that space, that environment where they feel comfortable to speak to us. Um, and we all know that, I don't want to say the level, but to create that environment um, where they could communicate using the language that they, they prefer. All right, absolutely. Um, I have many stories surrounding accents and surrounding my experience with uh, the way people uh, interpret your accent and, and see you along that way. But we will be sharing those stories at, at some other time. <laughs> uh, I know that we're nearing the end of our time. Um, so uh, do you guys have any further thoughts before we close? Well, I think there's a very important discussion that we have had. But for me, it is more or less an issue of decolonizing our mindset, our interactions with each other. And I think normalizing the use of Creole during our regular conversations in diverse settings is necessary for us to understand that the things which are unique to us as St. Lucians, they are fundamental aspects of our identity and who we are as a people. So I, I think that there has to be continued advocacy on the part of young people, particularly those who are educated and who understand the value of preserving ways of doing things, languages which were silenced as well as colonization, that they should persist in the efforts at asking for the inclusion of the Creole language in the education system 
and basically celebrating the language um, on a more regular basis. So I, I think that's been a, a wonderful discussion. Um, these are matters that are very close uh, to my heart. And I would like to express my sincere gratitude to family reflections. And it is, it's, it's reflecting eh, in terms of what has happened <laughs> to us as a people. That, that, that is yeah. what it's all about. Right. And, and I really hope that such discussions could usher in changes in Absolutely. our attitude towards things that belong to us, what we created, what we um, inherited from our ancestors. And we need to remember that we have to ensure that the efforts were not in vain and that we ensure that we as a people, we become more patriotic and we celebrate the Creole language. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and as although you express our gratitude, I want to thank you as well for making the time and making yourself available for this recording, folks. Uh, we're actually recording this on a yes. Thursday evening because uh, everybody, yeah, everybody wants to enjoy the Junecoy all weekend. So, um, exactly. You know, do you have any last thoughts? Yeah, I just want to say thank you, Kendall, for agreeing to do the show. Um, and yeah, I hope I know you're going to be enjoying your penny your bouillon and everything else this weekend. Um, do it safely. Um, an appeal to send notions. I know that as of today, they did put out a notice indicating that there would be no general activities. Um, you only get to celebrate at your home with your family. Um, yeah, just your family. Um, so do, do abide by the rules. Play it safe. Um, you can still have your family, prepare your own stuff and all of that. What's that? The rules are the protocols. The protocols, yes. Thank I want to protocol. Hmm? Hello? Yes. So we already put fun. <laughs> oh, I haven't. Oh, yeah, my there's, God, a, there's a viral video. Yeah, there's a viral video of this bus driver. Hey, he said protocol. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I've seen it. Yes, sorry. I didn't quite get it. Yes, I did. So um, we will put on notice. So I just want to appeal to all solutions to please play it safe this weekend. Um, and yeah, that's it. Celebrate the culture. All right, folks, you heard it here first, whatever it is. <laughs> and thank you for joining us on another episode of Family Reflections. Let's take very seriously some of the things that we discussed and see if we can bring about positive change wherever we are in our circles and in our, in our individual social circles. And by changing our mindset a little bit and appreciating who we are and being the most authentic versions of ourselves possible. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again week after next. So every other Monday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye for now. Bye. 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 Bye.